Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Help Desk. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And after ignoring the issue yesterday completely, or at least trying to, today we are going to jump into the U.S. elections. Yeah, so let's take a look at social media and how they handled the election yesterday while the votes were still being counted and are still being counted as we record this. Social media really struggled to keep up with misinformation on election day. Tech companies are trying to curb a surge in US election misinformation with President Donald Trump and his allies taking to social media to falsely claim victory and make unsupported allegations of voter fraud. Twitter and Facebook are in a bizarre position of marking Trump's updates on his victory as false and misleading, reminding his followers that the votes are still being counted. And as uh, US journalist Ryan Lizza posted on Twitter, the president's timeline has more warnings than a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Which is a great line. Uh, Margaret O'Mara has uh, a fantastic editorial in the New York, New York Times today about all of this, and she says... These are important changes, but they are tweaks, not overhauls, and they point to an uncomfortable truth. These networks are operating as designed. The core feature that makes social media so alluring is also particularly effective at a political rage machine. And kind of that's what we were saying last week when we talked about these these rules being put in place, that, I don't know, after four years of enabling and amplifying Trump and all of his crazy people around him, uh, to, to drive engagement to the site. I don't think Twitter and Facebook necessarily deserve brownie points for putting up a couple of warnings for a few days. Mm, and it's a, it's a much bigger problem than what the platforms actually do on election day because, I mean, voting's been open for this entire time, massive amount mm, of mm. postal and early voting in the US. And also, you know, people have had a lot of time to absorb what's in their social media of the last four years and make up their own minds. And it's pretty hard to change someone's view on something once they've already been exposed to misinformation for years on end, possibly. Sticking with Facebook, uh, they have clarified their rules to say that they're not going to flag when President Trump calls an individual state, even some of the battleground states like Georgia and Michigan, which still haven't been called. And there are just uh, one percentage point in both those states. They're going to allow Trump to say that he's won those states, but they won't let him say that he's won the overall election until that is confirmed, which seems like, once again, the bare minimum that they could do. Mm, I also feel like that policy could be outdated or changed by the time we hit publish on this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Peter, you went back and found a piece from August, was it, that might give us a bit of indication of why what we saw yesterday was different to what the polling had predicted. Yeah, Kevin Roos, sticking with the New York Times, has has written an article in August where he was kind of warning that the numbers he was seeing on Facebook engagement on uh, Trump and Biden were far closer than the polling suggested. And, you know, th this is the second Trump election where polling has just been so out of whack. And we thought that people had fixed that because the polling was fairly accurate in 2018 during the uh, the Senate 
elections. But yeah, they're, they've totally messed, messed up again this time in the presidential. And uh, Kevin Roos points to the fact that, uh, yeah, for a better idea of how the electorate is feeling, taking the pulse of Facebook might be a better solution. And Facebook and Twitter may have overlooked one massive area of disinformation that was targeting Spanish-speaking Americans. So Spanish-language accounts with huge followings have falsely said that uh, Mr Trump had secured an early victory and social media was censoring his win and Biden was cheating. Yet another reason why diversity in tech culture is very important. And it wasn't just the president that was being decided yesterday in the election. There was a number of tech-related laws on the ballot as well. Yeah, there was. Uh, Proposition 22 uh, was easily approved by California voters, meaning that the gig workers in apps like Lyft, Uber and DoorDash will not, unfortunately, become employees of those companies. Instead, they will remain as independent contractors. And another Californian law, this time around privacy, the Consumer Personal Information Law and Agency Initiative, aka Proposition 24, also passed, adding more privacy protections for the state's consumers. The proposition calls for creating a new enforcement agency for the state's privacy laws, expanding the types of information that consumers can opt out of sharing with advertisers, and shifting the state do not sell provision to do not sell or share my data. Fantastic news. And California legislation is a really big deal because there are so many people in that state and that is where Silicon Valley is from. But generally what happens in California ends up becoming the de facto law of the land anyway, because it's too hard to run two systems, one for California and one for the rest of the country. So yeah, California, when they make a change, it generally becomes a de facto law. Mm-hmm. Moving to Massachusetts, they have overwhelmingly voted to amend the right to repair law. The funny thing about this is it was actually uh, uh, an issue that came up with tractors. It was uh, John Deere tractors had decided that they weren't allowing mechanics to repair their their tractors unless they updated the firmware, which sounds so bizarre, but it is true. And so the good farmers of Massachusetts have fought to allow all of us to be able to tinker with our devices. That's excellent. And Portland, Maine has passed a ballot initiative banning the use of facial recognition by police and city agencies. Portland is just the latest city to swear off the technology following previous bans by Boston, San Francisco and the other Portland, Oregon. We did just consult a map to find Portland. And finally, switching to Australian news, COVID Safe still doesn't work, but the developers behind it, Shine Solutions, have been given a $350,000 pay rise from the federal government. That brings the total amount spent to contractors and developers for the controversial contact tracing app to $5.5 million. And that doesn't include the advertising and all the other stuff that would have gone around the COVID Safe app. And once again, just to repeat, it still doesn't work. Yeah, and there is, you know, something to look out for in the next month or so where the health minister has to report on if the app is no longer useful or effective and that can sort of shut down the whole program. But it doesn't look like if there's sort of paying for work that's that's ongoing, it doesn't look like that's uh, likely to be on the cards, I would say. Well, that's all we have time for today on the Help Desk. We survived the US election. Hopefully the US will too. Um, Thank you, Tess Bennett, for joining me today. Thanks, Peter. And we will speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.